the latest update on conference realignment. Where is the Pac-12 right now? Where are we just across the board? Where are the schools? Where are the fans? Where are the conferences with all of this? What is true? What is not? Because there is some information that we have to parse through that people are talking about. I think we have to all kind of get some facts straight as we move forward into the weekend, into mid-April. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 14th of April, 2023. Thank you all for watching today's show, and thank you all for watching Locked On Big 12 and making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. You guys can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast if you guys cannot watch the show. Available at Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews are very much appreciated. So, folks, I've been reading comments. I've been on Twitter. I've been looking at things the past week. And I think we need to do some, some clearing up of kind of where we are right now in the entire conference realignment situation, whether it's Pac-12 trying to get a deal done, Pac-12 schools considering leaving, Pac-12 schools actually leaving, is it Colorado, is it Arizona, is there going to be a vote, all of these things. And I think that the number one thing, and this is this is the tough part because everybody wants to know something, is that nobody actually knows what is going to happen here. Um. The Pac-12, for their part, you know, whether it be because there's nothing to report or nothing to talk about, uh, those schools have been more than patient with George Klyavkov throughout the entire process, I feel like. They've pushed back the deadline multiple times. I feel like they really do care about remaining in the Pac-12, and they're giving the Pac-12 brass every opportunity to do so, also to give themselves a chance to assess their options, but they're giving the Pac-12 brass every opportunity to find some kind of a deal, a deal, whether it be ESPN, whether it be Amazon, whether it be both, whether it be Apple TV, whether it be the CW, whether it be Ion TV, they are doing their due diligence when it comes to that. They're also being very quiet as well. Um, and so I think with all that, you know, people are kind of rushing at this point saying, I, I think this, I'm hearing this, you know, uh, look, we see rumors all the time that come across Twitter from non-verified folks. I think the one uh, recently that everybody has, you know, kind of the, the, the stuff they hear from is, what is the guy's name? Swaim. Uh, everybody always seems to send me stuff uh, from his show all the time about what's happening there. He just recently, recently followed me on Twitter the other day. Um, and, you know, I see tons of stuff he puts out about uh, the ACC. You know, what's going on there? Uh, the Swaim show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G Swaim. He's got six, seven point two thousand followers. And he says, you know, he's here's source this weekend says, I know you'd be busy with your recruiting tournaments this weekend, but keep your phone on you. Uh, so this, you know, this could come, you know, we could get some news this weekend. He talked about, Hey, the ACC, things are heating up much quicker than anticipated. Uh, you know about the SEC and the exit. Well, it's been explained to me that the, the, it's pretty ironclad what they have over there with the uh, ACC. They would need basically like all of the schools to leave at once. He also implied a situation, um, you know, where it's like, you know, they got to figure out, well, where's, where's Notre Dame going to go? You go to the SEC, go to the big 10, you know, all of these schools will get entry to the big 10. And then 
we have Colorado's AD responding to that guy, MHVER3. Uh, you know, he's always saying stuff's out there, stuff's happening. And look, I don't know if any of that stuff's true or not. I mean, I, I, I to be honest, I don't really, I don't subscribe to a lot of that stuff because um, I have people, not sources, I've got sources of news I, I trust, like the same reporters like Dennis, uh, Dennis Dodd and, and Stuart Mandel. And look, once again, I'll put this out there, guys. Stuart Mandel's thoughts have been wrong, but his reporting has normally been very good. Max Olson, I would throw in that group. John Wilner, I would throw in that group of folks that I do trust when it comes to these situations. And everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to get that. Like I've been, I've been here before. I'll, I'll say it again, guys. I am not reporting any news. I do not report news. I do not have the well-placed sources that Dennis, that um, that John Wilner. I do not have the sources that Andrew Marchand has. I don't, um, and I don't pretend to. I react to the news as it goes along. So that is that is where I am with this, and I, I will not give credence to stuff that from folks that I don't trust. Uh, so they can put out all the rumors they want to out there. I don't trust those folks. I don't know those folks. I I, I have never in my six hundred episodes here, guys. I have never used Swame Show or MHVER three as a source for anything that I've told you all about because they, they're just not reporters. This is not what they do. They react to the stuff and they might have some, some folks who whisper around certain stuff to them, but nothing that they've said has actually like come to fruition. And so we have to be careful. And look, I'm not trying to trash these guys. Uh, you know, they, they spend a lot of time in this stuff, but like, what have they given me that I can do a show about that is legitimate news uh, you know, in the ways that Dennis has, the way Dennis Dodd has not given me personally, but put it out there in the ether. And what, John Wilner, we've done shows reacting tons of his articles. Andrew Martian, we've done tons of shows reacting to his reporting. And I never once feel like I'm uh, using poor or bad information when I'm using those. And so those folks might say stuff, but guys, uh, this goes back to the original point. I really don't think anybody truly knows what's happening because these schools are dealing with a timeline where it just got pushed back and decision time for them is coming. And I don't think they've made those decisions yet. I don't think anybody has for sure decided what they are going to do. And that was highlighted by the fact that a few weeks ago, the Pac-12 presidents came out and said a lot of things about, no, we're not thinking about the Big 12. And that probably might have been true at the time. You know, we're feeling pretty confident what we're going to get. And then we get the reporting from Stuart Mandel. It says, well, they were overly optimistic about their situation and about what they were going to see. Right. And so that highlights this even more that they really just it doesn't seem like anybody has a clear idea. Now, these things could shift from day to day. That's very true. But at this point in time, we're getting close to decision time. But I don't think that decision has been made yet. And so be wary, folks, out there of the news that you read. You know, I, I had somebody yesterday um, take what NHVER, Mehever, whatever his name is, uh, that guy said about Colorado could vote as soon as Monday. I mean, I, theoretically, I guess they could. But, like, that is not something they're just going to do on a random Monday all of a sudden out of the blue. You're not going to leave. Like, there's going to be some reporting on that most likely. I don't think there's a public meeting where a bunch of voting folks are involved that none of the reporters will sniff out. Now, Andrew Marchand has commented on that and he commented last week, watch Colorado. But that's all he said. That's all he said was watch Colorado. So there's nothing there that he can divulge. He said, give him an eye, watch them. But because they have to do it in a public format to move the conference, this is going to be something that's really difficult for them to hide. 
So we're going to kind of see that coming. And we have the, the Colorado AD commenting and being like, that's not happening. And then you have folks now coming to me saying, well, why are you doing a show on this? Colorado AD says they're not leaving. No, he just said they're not going to vote on Monday, guys. That's all he said. And I didn't believe, and you, I think a lot of you folks out there probably didn't either, believe they were actually going to vote on the Monday or that it potentially was. I didn't think that was coming because uh, I haven't seen it from, from any of the news sources that I trust. I have not seen that. And once again, maybe these folks have something, but the people who are doing the reporting, releasing the stories, having the information that we're talking about, they do it over and over and over again. They are trained reporters going through the sourcing processes. You know, we got one person you know, saying, hey, keep your phone on you this weekend. I made a comment like that a few weeks ago. I, feel like, I was like, I've got no inside info, but on Fridays, it seems like we get a lot of news and we do get news on Fridays. It turns out I was right, but I'm not claiming to know things here. So I just hope you all, the, the listener and, and the, the, uh, the watcher, I hope you guys don't get sucked into any of that stuff and read it too much into it. And look, if those folks end up being correct, I'll come on here and I will apologize. But I think it's important. And I, I mean, this goes on to something like it's a completely other, other category here, guys. I think it's a big problem we have in this country is that I'm a huge believer that media literacy should be taught as a class in schools because now, I mean, especially kids too, like uh, just everybody has so much information thrown at them that, you know, it is hard to parse what is coming from legitimate sources, what you should read into, what you should read. You should always do more research, but what really is happening there? And that's why it's important that we have reporters that we can trust, like Dennis Dodd, like John Wilner. And once again, like, I don't think John's been reported. Like John Canzano is a bit more of the optimist. John Wilner is a bit more of the kind of optimist for, for the Pac-12, but I feel like I trust his reporting. I really do. And so I will use a lot of you know, his stuff as well. And, and he's been pretty you know, quiet lately, and I think that's kind of the stance of the Pac-12 conference is that they are quiet. But let's get that straightened out. A, a vote is not coming according to the, the, the Colorado AD. Um, and let's tackle, you know, what what it would take, basically. Like, is it going to be one school at a time, two schools at a time? And give you guys my thoughts on that. First, a quick word from our sponsors at Built Bar. Uh, all right, folks. Built Bar. Delicious. They taste good. They are good for you. What you all can do is you guys can go to built.com to order or you guys can go to Walmart where they have the four packs. Sam's Club has the variety 13 packs, which I'm a Sam's Club guy. I love the variety pack. Uh, I'm a, a built bar guy. I'm a Sam's Club guy. Both those things come together. So I love that. Uh, and you guys can go to that today. Once again, a lot of protein covered in real chocolate, not too much sugar. They're delicious. They're good for you. You can have them as a dessert. You guys can have them uh, before workout, after workout. Built Bar is very functional, I would say, as a protein bar. Uh, and once again, delicious. They got a bunch of flavors. Check them out. Built.com today. And also, you guys can find them at Walmart and Sam's Club. All right. So a couple questions here. Colorado first. You know, I think because of that, they could be. They could be first. But the reason why you would not really be able to hide them being first is because of that public vote that I mentioned. Very challenging for a school that's got, I don't, I forgot how many folks they have voting, but it's very challenging for a school that has a bunch of people voting on something that's going to be public. You know, I think we'd know going into any kind of vote what would be happening with Colorado. And I think because of that reason, you know, I bet there are folks, that, you know, maybe there's some folks that, and I don't know this for sure, but there's probably some people that say, that, that vote, that say, hey, uh, Big 12 time. 
There might be some people in the middle saying, hey, let's wait and see. There might be some folks saying, I really want to stay in the Pac-12. That's why, you know, for some of these, and I know it's a lot of these, these schools have boards, but, you know, especially what's going to be a public forum as well, you need to be prepared. Everybody needs to be on the same page when you're making a move and a decision as risky and as brave and as as bold as leaving the Pac-12 conference. You might say, well, it's not that risky, brave, and bold. I mean, Pac-12 could be a sinking ship. Sure, that you might feel that way, and that might be the actual facts of the situation. But it's still a, a very difficult thing to do to say, we're leaving this tradition now. Colorado has the Big 12 tradition as well, so it might be easier, but they left that conference, so going back to that conference is a big-time move. And I think that needs to be considered when we talk about a group. So Colorado, while the reporting from from uh, Andrew Marchand indicates, hey, they could be the first ones watching them, and I think it makes sense because they've been so quiet. It's that no vote seems imminent right now. I, I mean, I don't think the Colorado AD is going to come out and shut down a non-verified Twitter account that people don't actually know who the person is. I don't think he's going to do that. No, I think it was actually weird that he did that. I would not have done that. Um, and I, you know, I don't think he's going to do that and then actually turn around and have them vote on Monday. But once again, guys, he's not shooting down the idea that they would go to the league. He's not shooting down the idea that they would go to the big 12. He's shooting down the fact that a vote would come on Monday. All right. So would it be a pair of schools to jump first? Well, I mean, I think that is the most likely situation. I don't think it's going to be one of the time. It might be staggered, but like I think I think they're going to come and kind of impair, like you know one goes one week, one goes two weeks later, you know whatever you know whatever I mean. Uh, like there would be kind of a handshake agreement behind I think closed doors that it would happen. And so uh, Arizona is your next logical one. We talked about both of them, right? They have been big time, you know, kind of the the two we focused on recently, especially with the comments of President Robbins who seems very on board with a potential Big 12 move. I'm not saying he's like, we're going to do it now, but he's saying like, yeah, that's that's a possibility for us because if it doesn't work out here, we'd like to go. That brings me to the next thing, guys. These schools are not in any rush to get out. They're gonna, they are going to continue to give George Klyavkov time because they don't want to make the big change. These are wholesale changes, wholesale moves. And, you know, think about where Arizona is right now. Their football program's in a decent direction. Their basketball programs in definitely a great direction right now under under Tommy Lloyd, and they're they're thinking, okay, do we want to ruin those directions? Because they're not saying it ruins it completely, but it throws off a bit of your development when you do that, a bit of where you are heading. And so uh, that is you know, that has to be considered for Colorado too, right? That you know they have to manage the visibility aspect of this, they have to manage the dollar sign aspect of this, they have to manage. Uh, you know, the opponent side of the recruiting side aspect of this. It's all this one big cocktail. And this is why I mentioned this, you know, because because people have been framing this, you know, about, hey, is it Pac-12 versus Big 12? Guys, it's really not. It is really, in my opinion, Pac-12 versus its, you know, it's the conference versus itself versus its own members versus the TV companies. I mean, the number the Big 12 set, $31.7 million, $31.6 million per school, that's not the standard the Pac-12 has to reach. There is no, there is no, at least it's not been reported yet that schools are saying we have to get at least $32 million or we're out. Once again, it could be the case, but at no point in time have I seen that as a reporting. I have not seen it. Um, so it really is 
them against, you know, the against TV stations, against themselves, right? Who in the conference is okay with what? Are Oregon and Washington okay with the same things as Arizona, Arizona State, as Utah and Colorado, as Stanford and Cal, as Washington and Wa Washington State and Oregon State? You have to ask that because th that's really the big conversation here is, you know, I think one of the bigger problems about finding a deal is not everybody wants the same things because all of those programs are in different places. Washington State, Oregon State are not as desirable as their in-state counterparts. The um, the kind of lack of care that's gone towards academics or athletics rather at Stanford and Washington in recent years puts them, I think, in a different spot than it does for Arizona and Arizona State, right? And Arizona and Colorado and Utah. And Utah's success in football would make them more likely to want to remain in the Pac-12 conference because they have got a major foothold right now there. They just beat two very successful programs twice in a season, Oregon in 21, and then USC twice in 2022 on their way to back-to-back -back Rose Bowls. So I understand why they would want to remain where they are. This is why I think the arguments that folks are having on Twitter about, you know, and look, there's a lot of folks out and that happens a lot of these comments as well. It's not Big 12 versus Pac-12. The, the choice is not Lubbock, Texas or Palo Alto, California. The, the, the choice is not the, the Big 12 logo you see behind me or the Pac shield that we see them have. The, the choice is not Klyavkov against your mark. As much as we have thought of, people have thought about it this way, and look, like I put the, the images on my, my videos where it's Klyavkov and your mark. And, you know, so you all might think, well, you're you're pitting them against each other. Yeah, I mean, because publicly there has been a little bit of that. But it's not about what is better, because if those schools had their way, they would be staying in the Pac-12 conference. If the money was even, this would already, at least at this point in time, I feel like I feel comfortable saying this. If they had a $31.6 million per year offer on the table right now, um, I feel like, you know, this would be a pretty easy decision. Signed, sealed, delivered. They would do it. Now, once again, they end up, might end up getting a deal with the CW. It's $32 million a year. It does not feel like the CW is going to take the entire Big 12 pack or Pac-12 package, rather. It'd be split up. And maybe they can piece that together. But if they can piece that together, guys, they're going to stay. It's, it's not about that. It's about, well, is the gap big enough money-wise to the Big 12, right? Is it is it a substantial enough gap? We have to do something. Is the visibility not there enough. And can we agree on what we all need? And I think that one, that, that one part or the last part I mentioned might be the first part. Sure. Money drives everything, but Oregon's wants and needs are different than that of a Stanford or a Cal. And so Cal might be like, we're cool with 25 million per year. What do we care? We, we, we really don't care. Right. We're cool with that. You know, that, that's fine with us. And Oregon might say, uh, uh, we are not doing $25 million a year television revenue. We are Oregon. We deserve more than that. And we're certainly not doing $25 million a year to be on the CW and Apple TV plus and Amazon. We're not going to, we're not, no, it is a no from us. I think you'd have to, you have to say, well, that's pretty reasonable as well. So the idea that it's PAC 12 versus big 12 to me, at least is that that might be the ultimate move. That might be the decision where everybody goes but that is not the number one factor in all of this. It is not which conference is better for us because they think better off right now would be remaining in their league. And if, if everything is equal, sure, it might be. But, you know, it's all about sustainability and long-term future. And I think what's keeping, you know, the Big 12's interest long-term future, I, I like their, their situation right now. And it's not just about, though, 
Well, yeah, the Big 12 looks great down the line. No, because these schools want to remain in the Pac-12. They do value that. So while on some level it is, I think I think the number one thing is it's them versus the TV networks. It's them versus themselves. I think that cocktail, and I use that word a lot because I think a lot of these situations are a lot of things being meshed together. I think that cocktail is what is driving a lot of this. In my opinion, and this is kind of the whole point of this you know, entire thing is, that number one, about the, where we get our information from, but number two, if you, if you look at this entire thing play out, it really does, if it were just Pac-12 versus Big 12, the decision would have been made a long time ago, right? If things were more even, you know, or, or at a level where it was tolerable for everybody, then, then they would have remained already. But it's not because everybody's got different wants and needs and the money's not there all the way there, right? Because the situation that they're in, the visibility is not there either as well that they want. They have not found the right mix of that yet. And they're even going, they, they, at this point in time, it seems like the Pac-12 would excuse a certain money gap to the Big 12 just so they can remain together. And even maybe a certain loss of visibility in some senses just to remain together. And so that shows you it's not straight up just Big 12 versus Pac-12. That's not what this is. This is about more of like, all right, what do we need to stay together? Because that's what we really do value. And I think Robert Robbins put it best. Yeah, we have an option. The Big 12 is the option, but it's not the number one option. It's not like, you know, the reason why they're saying what's better is because like if this was even, the, you know, and, this, and I'm Robert Robbins, all right, we're all even. Well, I'm a lean Pac-12 because that's where we are. That's what we do. That's what the thing is. But the problem is they have to figure out where does the scale tilt till and where does it hit where you say mm, this is no longer tolerable although we don't you know we will we'll take a certain gap to the big 12 we're at the point now where it doesn't make much sense and we have to go there that's why this is not strictly a pac 12 versus big 12 conversation across the board all right that will do it for today's show make sure you guys follow us on twitter at lo big 12 you guys can find me at josh neighbors underscore you guys can follow the show uh, on Twitter, those places. Make sure you all subscribe. Our goal is 4,000 subscribers by the end of April. We're basically 50 some away right now. So please subscribe. It always helps. And you all do. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.